I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and this is another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. This episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast is being sponsored by the 7th Annual Ujamaa Fest, which takes place Saturday, December 23rd. This event centers around financial literacy and cooperative economics, which is one of the many principles of Kwanzaa. Last year, over 900 people came out. Make sure you are there. Remember, family, Saturday, December 23rd, all roads lead to Atlanta. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, the fitted hat philosopher, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here with my guest, Ebony G, and we're going to talk about what's going on in the news, the latest news in black America. And one of the things that's at the top of the news is the situation coming out of Philadelphia with the brother, the rapper Meek Mills, and a judge that seems to have a gripe with Meek Mills. Now, this judge's name is... Janice Brinkley, and she was elected to a 10-year term in 2013, and she will be a judge sitting on the bench until 2023. Now, she sentenced Meek Mills to a two to four-year sentence for a probation violation that was actually dropped, and the charges that he was facing for the probation violations was actually dropped and the DA as well as the probation officer recommended no jail time but the judge overruled that sentence and proceeded to sentence him to two to four years. Now before we even get into the topic of discussion I want to say this I'm not a lawyer but I do 
understand jurisprudence, which is the study and philosophy of law. Now, you don't have to know or study the philosophy of law to know that what this judge did is illegal. Now, according to reports from Meek Mill's lawyer, who is sworn under oath and is not going to go on national radio and in national media and lie, <clears throat> the judge states that the lawyer in open court asked Meek Mills to re-record a Boys to Men song, as well as to leave Rock Nation and sign with her friend's management. <laughs> this is not something that a lawyer should do. Uh, a lawyer has to be impartial and cannot hold a sentence over someone's head because of something that they didn't do that has to do with their professional career. Now, there's more to the story, but I am going to let my special guest of the day, Ebony G, chime in and um, give her thoughts and her opinions on this situation that is taking place that's coming out of Philly. So, Ebony G, what are your thoughts on this situation and what do you know about it from what you've been hearing? Hey, Raheem. Again, thank you for having me on Necessary po Blackness Podcast. You know, I absolutely love being here. Um, this is a ridiculous topic, first and foremost, and even larger than what is obviously and just undeniably wrong with this judge and her sentence is the fact that what she is doing is being what she's doing is participating in malfeasance malfeasance is any wrongdoing by a public official including judicial officials all of that now judges are held to a certain standard all across the nation and they are called the judicial canons there are nine judicial canons and they have subsections one of the main things is that a judge cannot be engaged in malfeasance or overstep their boundaries and take personal things and infuse it, either your personal things outside of what you're being charged with or their own personal ideas, thoughts, or relationships and infuse it into this, into the case at hand. So she is already in violation of that judicial canon. The reason I'm familiar with judicial canons is because I too have studied jurisprudence and after dealing with a civil matter and having a judge do what I know was a total violation of my rights, I decided to go and study and look up. And we all, I encourage you all to go look up the judicial canons. You will see how in your own life, a judge violated your rights. So first and foremost, this judge is asking and, and like Raheem said, his attorney is an officer of the court. So he's held to a certain standard and he is not going to just come out and lie when that there is a record of what was said in the courtroom and he could be charged in contempt. For a sitting judge to ask someone under their control in their courtroom to record an album or to sign with their personal friend is such a gross violation of what Lady Liberty is supposed to stand for and what the scales of justice are supposed to represent. She has far exceeded the boundaries of what is 
acceptable in a court of law. Um, and also this is just a reminder, like Raheem said, she was elected to office in 2013 for a 10 year run. So this means this woman will have authority. If nothing is done about this, she will have authority over the lives of people and disenfranchise people for the next, how many years does she have left on her thing? Another, at least six. That's way too long for our people to suffer at the hands of this judge. That's why we need to register and vote. Engage yourself in the political process because you have a say. This election that just went on yesterday, there were about 10 municipal court judges whose name came up in the discussion for election. If those judges have improper conduct, it is our duty to make sure our community is aware of it and make sure that we look that up. Make sure that we, when their term comes up, we get them out of office. We write letters. We follow a paper trail. That's the only thing that stops this foolishness. I'm just totally disgusted and I'm going to participate in making sure she's unseated. Now, when I look at this case, the first thing I think about is that, well, first, let me say this. Now, one thing that we got to be mindful of is that all is not lost for Meek Mills. He has the money and he has the type of money that he can get the best legal system or legal representation that money can buy. However, and the attention, however, we have to be mindful that there are far too many youth who are faced with similar situations that are being handed down unjust sentences by judges who disregard the law. So I think that this is something that can shine a light on the judicial system and let people know that, you know, there's no justice in the American justice system. And it takes people and sometimes celebrity to raise their voices to make, you know, those who don't have a voice be heard. Now, Meek Mill does have a voice and he does have celebrity friends that are rallying behind the injustice that was done against him. And one of those individuals is Jay-Z, who called the sentence unjust and heavily handed, you know, so... When you have individuals like that backing you, I, I think a lot can be done. And his lawyer actually is going to expedite the process where he's not, you know, within probably the next several days, um, there's going to be another ruling on, on this. And they are pulling out everything, you know what I mean? All the stops. And they are, they are asking that this judge either step down, you know, that this judge be reprimanded. And definitely, she's definitely going to have to reaccuse herself from this. Now, um, I want to speak about something else. And this is a subject that you have dealt with um, in the past. And our former first lady, shout out to Michelle Obama. She talks about how we love our boys and raise our girls and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna play a quick little excerpt from that 
And I'm going to have your thoughts on that because I do have a son. I have raised my son, but I haven't had the fortunate opportunity to raise any girls. Um, I do hear, you know, that uh, analogy that we love our boys and we raise our girls. And I want to know why is that so and what we have to do to make sure that we raise our boys and that we raise our girls on an equal footing or if there should be even be a difference because, you know, when you're raising boys, it's totally different from girls, you know. So I- I'm going to play this little excerpt and then we'll come back. For those that are just joining us, this is the Fitted Hat Philosopher, Raheem Shabazz, and I'm sitting here with my special guest, Ebony G. Stay tuned. The problem in the world today is we, we, we love our, our boys and we raise our girls, you know? We raise them to be strong and sometimes we take care not to hurt men. And, mm. and I think we pay for that a little bit. Mm. And that's a we thing because we're raising them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's powerful to have strong men, but what does that strength mean? Mm-hmm. You know, does it mean respect? Does it mean responsibility? Does it mean compassion? Or are we protecting our men too mm-hmm. much so they feel a little entitled and a little, you know, uh, you know, a little self-righteous sometimes? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of on us too, as 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 women and yep. mothers. Yeah, you know, as we nurture men and push girls to be perfect. That was a little excerpt from our former first lady, Michelle Obama. So, Ebony G, what are your thoughts on Michelle Obama when she says we love our boys and raise our girls? Well, first of all, shout out to Auntie Michelle. She continues to be a lightning rod for change and for great things. And I just love her so much. And she is 100% right. This is a topic I am very well versed on because I have raised both boys and girls. And I tried to do something completely different from what I was used to and what has been the norm in, I would say, my family and my community. So first and foremost, you know, I'm divorced and I have two sons. My oldest one is 28. The middle one will be 25 in a few days. And then I have a daughter, 10-year-old. I know firsthand that Michelle is not wrong because I've watched so many people within my family and community do the very same thing. Girls are held to a higher standard Girls are held to a level of excellence. No, you must know how to do this. You have to learn how to do that. Make sure you know how to do this. Where our boys are just left to their own devices to play in the yard and have fun. And, you know, they're not held to the same standard. And what we do is we raise another generation of that which has oppressed us as women. You know, our very same women who in my age demographic say things like, my husband doesn't help around the house or he doesn't participate in the family stuff. He doesn't participate in day-to-day home life. Well, we then turn around and do that same thing to our sons because there's this subconscious 
affinity for our boys because maybe they're a reflection of that man that you love so much. And so you can't project that level of sternness on them as you do on your daughters because you know the world regards a woman who doesn't know how to do anything as not raised properly. Yet we don't hold that same standard to our boys. When we fail to make sure our sons live up to a standard, we relegate our future daughters and nieces and sisters and friends and all the young girls growing up, we relegate them to the same things that have oppressed us in our lives. Men who don't participate in home life and family life and household duties because they've not been called to that standard. So she's 100% right. I think the solution to remedy that problem is that we have to get back to our old tradition where we had manhood training. We had rites of passage programs for young men that was entering adulthood. I think once we get back to that, uh, we will be in a better place as a race of people. I think it's ironic that you say that because I have a rite of passage organization as a part of my nonprofit Nirvana project. And it's an acronym for Necessary Initiatives Reinforcing Values and New Attitudes. It's called Young Men and Women of Distinction. And it's an eight week curriculum that teaches our young men and women vital things that they need to grow up and be complete and holistic, whole-minded adults. A lot of what's missing, a lot of times they're being raised by younger parents, people themselves who haven't been taught those things. And so they themselves cannot now teach those and infuse those things into their kids. And those of us who know those things and, and are equipped with those skills, it's our duty to teach them and pass them on to the younger generations. And so as a part of Nirvana Project, that's something I've done for years. And I'm looking forward to regalvanizing that and having that be active. But you're right. We need to get back to our old traditions. And, and part of that, and the largest part of that, is we need more men in the house. Black brothers, come back to us. This is why our children are astray. Come back to our homes. Come back to our families. Come back to our sons. Come back to your daughters. Come back to the women. What do you think about that, Raheem? Absolutely. I think that in every household, there should be a black man. There should be a role model. And if there is not a black man that's present, you have brothers, you have uncles, you have cousins. And then most importantly of all, you have a community that needs to step up to the forefront and take the responsibility to raise all our children in a conducive environment. Now, for those that are interested in learning more about Nirvana Project or the curriculum that it entails, how can they learn more and where can they reach you at? You can reach me at ebone dot inc at gmail.com. That is ebone.inc at gmail.com. Reach out to me in your subject. Let me know you're inquiring about Nirvana Project and the uh, young men and women of distinction. And I will give you more information and get your kids signed up to participate. It's an amazing thing. At the they, they are to work together within this curriculum to do a community service project. And at the end, it will culminate with the best way I can liken it to is like a debutante ball, an introduction to society for our young men and women so that they too can feel that sense of 
we, the community supporting them and them stepping forward into the world, being equipped with vital information that for some reason is just not translating from one generation to the next for some reason. For those that are just joining us, this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. And this is the Fitted Hat Philosopher Raheem Shabazz. And I am here with my special guest, Ebony G. And what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And after the commercial break, I will see you on the other side. And when we come back, we're going to discuss another situation. This situation got me heated. And this is about a teacher in Georgia who threatens a student and tells him, that's how people like you get shot. We're going to talk about that because that coincides with what I be telling y'all family all along. We cannot have anybody. I say anybody of another race educating our children. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you some hard-hitting facts. And I'm going to give you some hard-hitting statistics. Because I don't just make the movies. I do the research. All right. Peace and love, Black family. We'll be right back. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is Akua of Cultivated Roots Media and I choose to tune in to Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Peace. This is Prince Coach Law, and I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power. This is E-Reporting Live and you're tuned in to Necessary Blackness with my boy Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of the wonderful From Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Arthur M. Henry here. Whenever I want to get the latest on politics, social life issues facing our black community, I tune in to Necessary Blackness with Raheem Shabazz. This is Shalee. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Peace and blessings, beautiful people. This is your girl, Ashton Brianna. Just wanted to get out here and let you know that... Whatever you're doing, no matter where you are on Wednesday night, you can tune into Necessary Blackness, the podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, uh, where else? Anywhere. And you get to listen to me. So why not? Necessary Blackness. 
Wednesdays. Hey guys, this is Evan A.G. of Having My Say Radio. When I'm not having my own say on my radio show every Monday from 9 to 11 p.m. on Love 860, I am tuned in to the Necessary Blackness podcast with Raheem Shabazz. This is Chi-Town's finest, Khadidra, and when I'm relaxing, I enjoy listening to Necessary Blackness podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Yo, this is Cambino, and when I'm riding down Stony, all I listen to is Necessary Blackness podcast with my guy Raheem Shabazz. Peace. This is Zaza Ali. And when I am not studying the science of the universe and the laws of creation, I am listening to the big homie Raheem Shabazz on Necessary Blackness. Make sure you support. Peace. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. (laughs) Now our feature presentation. Peace and love, black family. We are back and I am going to play a brief excerpt so that you can hear for yourself this demonic teacher and the some of the harsh things that he said to this student now the video doesn't show what the student did but according to other classmates you know um several of the students was horse playing and fooling around as kids do in the classroom when they are bored and um you know, supposedly the teacher was trying to gain control of the classroom and um, he said something to the young man and the young man laughed and that was the teacher's response. I'm just serious, dude. You screw with me, you're going to be in big ass trouble, okay? Don't smile at me, man, okay? That's how people like to get shot. I got a bet. I bet by the time you're 21, I'm going to be to your head. Okay? And it might be me the one that does. Now, family, I have been telling you in Elementary Genocide 1, I told you it again in Elementary Genocide 2, and you already know we discussed this in Elementary Genocide 3. We have to take responsibility for our own and we have to educate our own. Now, black teachers have a higher expectation and confidence in black students than white teachers. This is facts. This can be proven. There are statistics that validate exactly what I'm saying. And guess what? Some of these statistics come from your white counterparts. They know it to be true. We know it to be true. But you know what? We don't act on that. I don't understand. And I don't know what we doing as a people. Because we know black students with black teachers have a lower suspension expulsion rate than black students with white teachers. So if we know that and we know these are facts then what are we doing by allowing our open enemy to educate our kids? Come on, we got to have this real talk, family. We got to have this real talk. And let me give you another statistic. When black students have non-black teachers, they are half as likely to be placed in gifted programs as they would if they were black teachers, even if they had the same scores as white students. What that tell you? That tells you that it's racism and white supremacy. A black student that has the same score as a white student is not allowed to enter a gifted program because they don't see you as gifted. And why should they enter you in a program when they're trying to have their children 
run and rule the world and you to be a part of the consumer class. What are your thoughts on that video and where we at as a race of people when it comes to education? Well, you know, as always, I am always going to have my say <laughs> and I'm always going to tell it like it is. And Raheem is completely and utterly correct. We cannot have our oppressor educating our children. And like he said on one statistic, they are less inclined to include our children in gifted programs because they are not going to do anything that breaks down their white supremacist mentality and mindset that they perpetuate. I mean, how then will they continue to be the ruling class if they equip our children or put our children in a position that allows them to further their own education and see themselves as as great as they are? They are not going to sanction their own removal from white power. This video aggravated and incensed me so badly. First and foremost, here's some indisputable facts. Had this student said this to this teacher, he would be under the jail right now, underneath the jail. Nobody would make any excuse, ex excuse me, no one would make any excuses. No one would justify why it was okay. No one would ask him to accept his apology. They are now asking this mother and student and these other children who were affected by hearing such a disgusting thing to accept his apology. It was a misstatement. I'm tired of these collective attempts at assuading the public by telling us to accept your apology. You don't just say to someone, if you smile at me, that's why people like you end up with a bullet in your head. And then further than that to say, I guarantee by the time you're 21, you'll have a bullet in the head. This thing struck me on such a deeper level because I, I, many of you may not know, have a bullet in my head. 18 years ago, I was shot in the, in the face and the bullet ricocheted and damaged so many things in my head. The fact that I'm alive and that I look whole is by the grace of God but for the grace of God. So to hear someone cast this, that I know that I've suffered for the last 19 years onto a child simply for smiling, for smiling. This man is looking at this young black man who is, I believe, 17 or 11th grader in high school as the future of why his own people will not continue to be in power. The desperation of the fact that white people are in negative population growth. That means more of them die every year than are born. This young black man represents, he's probably a fiercely intelligent young man, and he represents the fact that this white man is losing their grasp on power. We cannot tolerate them speaking to us in this manner. We cannot tolerate them terrorizing our children. You want to know what a terrorist is? We have this ongoing discussion about terrorism in America. This is a terrorist because what he said is by definition of the law, terroristic, what do they call it? Terroristic threats. He should be in jail right now. And the fact that he is being allowed to just be on administrative leave and they investigate, what is there to investigate? Just imagine if this other child didn't have a cell phone. This man would swear before God that he never said such a thing. Thank God for cell phones. They are the great equalizer. 
I mean, had this student levied this threat, he would be under the jail. And I'm just disgusted. And I'm not going to sit back idly and watch white supremacy take over. I'm not going to do it. And that's why I support Raheem. And ever since the elementary genocide won, I knew that this man was onto something. We cannot continue to allow the oppressor to educate our children. We have to take a level of responsibility. Every, my grandmother always said, you buy cheap, you buy twice. Everything free is not good. You know, one of the things that you said that the school administration is asking the students to accept this man's apology. Do you know that in the African spiritual system, there is not a word for forgiveness when it comes to your enemy? You don't forgive those who seek to oppress you and especially those that seek to harm you. That is unacceptable. Your apology is not accepted. And we're going to stay on this news. We're going to find out what is the outcome. And we're going to make sure that he don't teach ever in the state of Georgia or anywhere else. Peace and love, black family. That's the conclusion for this episode of Necessary Blackness podcast last week. I want to let y'all know we had a beautiful turnout in Virginia. I was speaking at Virginia Union University, and it was phenomenal. I want to thank everybody that showed up and showed out. I also want to thank the brother Saku uh, that runs a podcast called The Fly Guys. He actually invited me out in Norfolk. They had a screening of 1804. The Line family was wrapped around the corner, and he allowed me the opportunity to get up and address the audience uh, before the film came on and um, allowed me to speak after the film um, concluded and invite everybody out to my event that was happening the next day. And we had a great dialogue about the significance of that movie 1804 make sure y'all go out and support it and another thing family i will be in chicago you can go on my facebook page and find out the information um shout out to culture 360 culture connection 360 in chicago i'll be out there doing a screening and a presentation on Saturday, November 11th. Then I'll be back here in Atlanta for the Black Power Awards. I'm going to attend that. And also, I am going to let Ebene take it away. And she's going to tell you about her upcoming podcast. She has been a uh, guest on here numerous times. And she definitely be back because that's what we do. We support each other. You know, she supported me on my podcast, and when she makes her debut and do her podcast, I'm going to do the same thing, and that's called reciprocity. That's what we have to do. We have to support each other and stop supporting this open enemy. That's right, and thank you so much, Raheem. Yes, he has been one of my most ardent supporters. Um, many of you that follow me may know I had a radio show called Having My Say, on love860.com uh, 
love860am and love860.com. However, Raheem is the one that really supported me in this endeavor to have a podcast. He was one of my biggest supporters. He said, Ev, you need a podcast. And I, I understand the freedom and the broader platform it allows me. And so on December 4th, I will be launching He Said, She Said podcast. You can follow me on Facebook at Ebon A-G, that's E-B-O-N-E with an accent, G-E-E, and you will find out all the upcoming information. We are launching on December 4th. We will have a soft launch in November, and Raheem has agreed to be one of my male counterparts. My podcast is going to consist of us discussing all of the world's events and news, culture, entertainment, things in our personal life, relationships, and my counterpart will be a man on every show. And just so that we can have a female and male perspective on everything that affects our lives. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And yes, reciprocity is the way. Each hand, one hand wash the other and two hands wash the face. Don't forget that. I thought it was one hand wash the other and both wash the body. Oh, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> both hands wash the body and the face. Peace and power, Black family. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Necessary Blackness podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m.